0: And start shopping at business.walmart.com. That's business.walmart.com. From the MGMA in home studios, welcome to the Insights Podcast. I'm Daniel Williams.
1: But well, we had this engagement of a conversation of But if your diabetes could be controlled also by the diet, that's the part that you can take control of, or the exercise. Can you afford this medication for this period of time? And let's reassess, and if you continue to lose weight, if you continue to work with your diet, continue to exercise, then maybe we can remove that pill burden from you. But at least right now, we need to get you under better control until that happens.
0: That's Dr. Christopher Apostle talking about having prescription discussions with patients. We'll hear more from Dr. Apostle, as well as Donna Maddox and Yusuf Ahmed in this Business Solutions episode on Meaningful Patient Cost Conversations. But first, a word from our sponsors. MGMA's Medical Practice Excellence Financial Conference is an industry-leading financial management conference designed to arm healthcare professionals with the education and tools Needed to run a more profitable and efficient practice. The conference will be held from March 31st through April 2nd in Atlanta. Go to mgma.com/events to register today. Most health systems lack a sophisticated understanding of the root cause of their losses within their network. HSG. Has identified the solutions. Whether you're struggling with your practice management dashboards or lacking a reporting structure that will keep your data consistent and valuable for decision making, HSG has the answers you need. Go to hsgadvisors.com to improve your practice's performance today. All right. Hello and welcome everyone to the MGMA podcast. We have a panel discussion on how physicians are having cost conversations with patients for supporting medication therapy adherence. Um, We're going to let each of our
1: panelists uh, introduce themselves. I'll start with you, uh, Dr. Apostle. So um, my name is Dr. Christopher Apostle. I'm a family physician in Evans, Georgia, which is a suburb of Augusta, Georgia. I've been in practice for 21 years. We're in a 12 provider group of family medicine, internal medicine, and pediatrics. All right. Thanks so much, Dr. Apostle. Uh, Donna, let's hear from you.
2: Well, thank you. My name's Donna Maddox. I am an executive director in product management for Athena Health. And I've had the experience of being able to uh be in clinical practice as a registered nurse, um, both in acute and ambulatory care, and also spend a number of years in EHR solution development. So thank you for allowing me to join today.
0: Thanks so much. And then Yusuf, tell us about yourself as well.
3: Yeah, thank you, Daniel.
2: Uh, hi
3: everyone. My name is Yusuf Ahmed. I am a manager of product innovation uh, here at SureScripts. I'm focused on the real-time prescription benefit solution that we bring to market and leading that team. Uh, got 12 plus years of experience in the healthcare uh, space and uh, really excited to join this conversation here. Um, thank you, Daniel.
0: All right, thanks everyone. We're gonna cover a lot of topics here, a lot of aspects of this topic. So we're gonna begin with patient challenges. Um, Dr. Apostle, I wanna start with you here. So. What might be leading to uh, some missed opportunities
1: here? And do you think it's important to address non-adherence? I mean, non-adherence is becoming, I think, an increasing problem as um, patients will present into a physician's office with uncontrolled conditions, either their hyperlipidemia is still bad, their diabetes is still bad, or their hypertension. And there's the assumption that there that the patient is doing what you said. And so you're trying to make adjustments without ever taking into the consideration that the patient may not be taking their medication on a regular basis, maybe not even taking it at all. And then taking that next dive into really asking those questions why and considering the fact that they just are struggling on the financial side and have multiple choices to make and not doing it from a financial matter. And many times we think it's sometimes from not being obedient to what we've asked them to do, but there's other issues. And especially in primary care, considering that whole patient and realizing there's not just the health issues, but the things that are going behind the scenes. Okay.
0: Um, I want to follow up with you, Dr. Apostle. So when you're working and engaging uh, with patients, what are you hearing from them? What are some of the challenges that they're dealing with and how are you helping them understand that, helping educate them. So there's a better communication line between physician and patient.
1: Yeah, well, I think it's rephrasing the way that I ask questions in order to find out that information. So traditionally, I would always ask, are you taking your medications? And so the easy answer is always yes, because they want to ensure that they've listened to me and that we're already on good terms. But if I change the way that I ask the question, and I ask them, are there any days that you might miss your medication or have you not been able to fill that medication in a timely fashion? Then I've opened up that opportunity for them to be real with me and to be honest and to say, no, I haven't. I miss it three times a week because I can't afford it or I just keep forgetting. And then from there, then we can take that conversation of, well, what can I do to either encourage you to take better control of your disease Or what can I do to maybe consider that cost is a huge factor, and can I make it more affordable and still be just as medically efficacious as I need to be? And so um, I think being a physician is more than just handing a prescription and thinking the patient is going to do it, but really engaging in that dialogue to be sure that I'm truly caring for the medical issues that the patient's dealing with, but also considering their life that's going on of course, we've all experienced over the last two years, job cuts, or um, especially in our area, some of our hourly workers weren't going to work and had no real options. And so finances were getting to be a struggle. And I think many people were embarrassed to admit, I'm struggling to put food on the table to pay my rent to pay my mortgage, whatever. And then I also have this medication on top of it. I know it's important, but um, they just don't want to admit that they're struggling. And that's a hard thing to just be that transparent. And so allowing those patients to be that real with you, I think makes for a better relationship. Okay. Um,
0: a recent study that I was looking at showed that 94% of patients who skipped a medication due to cost say they would have been willing to take a lower cost or t- alternative if their doctor or nurse had suggested one. So let's get to the heart of that a little bit about maybe why those conversations aren't being, you know, why they aren't taking place. And then how you would address that, how we can educate physicians, nurses to have those conversations and, and what the positive effect can be from having those.
1: Yeah, well, the, the struggle is from our end, from a physician standpoint, You know, we're learning a lot of information. What's the best way to treat you? What's the best way to care for you? What's the best care plan that we're to come up with? What's the best medication um, that's due to you or uh, that would um, benefit you? Or what's the best studies to be done? The problem is, is the cost is never in front of us. We we don't know it because many times it's just not in our wheelhouse to ever learned it. We don't learn the cost of the medication. And we also don't know the intricacies of every medical plan under the sun and to what that negotiated agreement is between the insurance carrier and the patient is to what's their real cost. And so we could use some mythical cost, but we don't know really what that impact is. And so until we have the information, I think as physicians, the only thing at this point we've been able to assume is generics are less expensive than trade name drugs. That was it. But even amongst that trade trade name drugs, sometimes the cost is hugely differential for patients based upon their copay, and then also even generics could be incredibly different in cost. And so now being provided with the information, I think we can engage in an intellectual discussion with the patient with true information and rather than, than guesstimates. Mm-hmm. Thanks for that. Now
0: another aspect of this study uh, was kind of an eye opener for me. It actually showed that patients are willing to switch healthcare providers in order to have cost conversations at the point of care. It's an incentive to have those conversations. So let's talk about that. Does this activity lead to improved
1: physician ratings, a better patient experience? What are your thoughts on that? I think it's the overall relationship that you're looking for. I mean, you're looking for a person that is wanting to be concerned about that whole person that's sitting in front of them and don't look at them just as a disease state. I mean, there's a person behind that disease and we need to get beyond just trying to treat the disease and be sure that the whole person is taken care of. And so I think that's probably true. I mean, if I'm not willing to listen as a provider, someone should probably switch from me because I'm not willing to engage in that conversation and invest in them. Um, And so I I think as physicians, we need to be more open to have that whole conversation and be willing to sometimes either educate the patient a little bit more in their disease state to understand why that medication is so important, and I have no other option, or to look into what other options may be able to help the patient um, either permanently or for a time gap. So Dr. Apostle, staying in this vein here of um,
0: that administrative burden uh, that physicians are dealing with, let's look at this from getting patients started on an optical, optimal medication. Um, often that's been hindered by heavy administrative burdens across the entire healthcare system, from prescription rework to inefficient prior authorizations and the resulting treatment delays. Um, do you agree with that, first of all? And then also, what are those challenges that physicians face when they're thinking
1: about patient outcomes and experience, and how are they working with that? Yeah, I mean, I think in the past, um, or under a lot of different systems that some people may be working under, it's you're having to have multiple sources open at one time. I mean, many of us have, of course, moved to electronic records, so we have that one source. But then if we're trying to figure out, well, our medication is covered, do we have to go to the insurance carrier's site to figure out, oh, is that covered? Or then if we're trying to figure out, well, what's the actual cost? We have to go to a different site to try and figure that out. And that's just multiple sources of information you're having to go to to get one encounter still in front of the patient and trying to engage with the patient and not be looking at a computer screen trying to figure out. What's the best thing to do? And so, the best thing I think that has sort of happened is partnerships with um, vendors like SureScripts and electronic vendors, uh, uh, electronic medical record vendors, to be able to have that information in one source and have it real time. So it's not guesswork, but it's truth. And so, one of the best things that's happened for at least us is to be able to know at the time that I'm trying at the time I'm trying to prescribe a medication. A, is that medication covered? Is there a cost associated with it? What is that cost? Is there an alternative that might be less expensive? And will a prior authorization be needed? And that way, I am not sending a prescription that A, the patient can't afford, or B, is going to require a prior authorization that then is going to increase that burden on my staff into trying to get it done. And so that one glance would save a whole bunch of time and a whole bunch of discussion. Um, before I just send out a prescription willy-nilly and not know what the outcome of that is going to be I think over time one thing that I saw before now is I'd write a prescription and like let's say it's a diabetic medication and the patient would be so embarrassed that they didn't they couldn't afford it that they would just wait their three-month period of time and come back in and of course their A1c is no better or it's even worse and you know I'm already thinking well my goodness that medicine didn't work what's the next plan and then find out that they never took the medication for three months. What a waste of time for both the patient for health-wise, but also it's a lot of wasted brain space for me to be trying to think of a whole new care plan when the initial care plan didn't even work or wasn't even executed. So with the information all at hand, um, I can make a care plan that hopefully the patient and I will be able to agree upon as I'm sending it out, decrease that administrative burden and know that the patient will actually receive the medication. And their expectation and my expectation are all met in one visit. Mm-hmm. Dr.
0: Apostle, that, that was a powerful story and thank you for sharing that. And uh, I'm sure that is something that's being replicated across the country with physicians and patients and shows the need for that dialogue and that, those conversations about cost. Um, so thank you so much for that. Donna, I want to turn to you now. So what was the biggest problem that you were trying to solve? And what did you identify when you started looking for a tool to solve these provider problems?
2: You know, Dr. Apostle really teed this up very nicely um, in describing all of the complexities around trying to find that that opportunity to introduce that cost conversation to to a patient in a meaningful way. So we're, we're at Athena, we're looking for making sure that we decrease or definitely don't increase the burden on the provider in um, being able to see the information at the point of care. It, it's very critical that we can consolidate information at the point of care and, may, and uh, provide um, the continuity for that conversation that, that Dr. Apostle needs to have us, uh, with his patient. And that that means that we have that complex information available to us. So the tool has to be able to provide, is ePriorAuth required? What are those lower cost um, opportunities for a prescription at the the patient's pharmacy of choice? Um, Are there options at at other pharmacies? It's certainly important, but those may also introduce additional barriers to the patient. So we need to make sure that the information is easy to access at the point of care and is very complete. Um, and that that complete um, option is very complex. And so we, we strive to make it simple, uh, make it easy for Dr. Apostle to have that conversation. And certainly the integration with SureScripts helps facilitate that.
0: Okay, thank you so much for that. Um, gonna switch gears again. We're gonna talk about technology right now, talk about technology solutions that enable cost conversations. Um, Yusuf, I want to bring you into this part of it. So in another study, um, it shows that 74% of U.S. physicians say that they want to see a patient's medical benefit information before prescribing, and 59% want to compare the cost of similar medications. Um, Yusuf, I want you to talk a little bit about some of the tools that physicians uh, can use that'll enable the cost conversation during that patient visit.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's exactly right, Daniel, that the study you cited. I mean, the reality is um, that the majority of the physicians do recognize and appreciate that affordability is a major determinant, right? Of a patient's adherence to their therapy you know, especially with the steady growth in the number of patients on high deductible health plans. I know we're hearing a lot about inflation. So, you know, think about inflation and everything else that a patient is paying for in their lives. So affordability is definitely top of mind for patients and physicians see that. So what SureSkips has really done is we've created really the largest network of direct uh, electronic connections with, with the largest network of payers in the U.S. And all of that is to bring in the prescription pricing directly into the physician's electronic prescribing workflow in their EHR, like like, uh, Dr. Apostle was describing. They it to all be in one place. Uh, So this enables uh, us to give the prescribers the prescription pricing and the alternative medications information, like Donna was describing, uh, that they're looking for exactly at the critical moment right, when, when they can have the cost conversation with the patient is when they're writing the prescription. So knowing the price of the prescription, you know, might uncover that the medication is in fact going to be a challenge for the patient uh, in the instances where it is. Uh, and the real-time prescription benefit will accompany that information with alternatives, like non was describing. It's not enough to just know the price, but, you know, both the medication alternatives but also pharmacy channel alternatives right so when a prescription prescriptions written for 30 days for example um, we would also provide the pricing for a 90-day supply at that same pharmacy of choice uh, also uh, what the pricing would be at a mail order um, because those might offer opportunities for more affordable pricing um, we also offer alternatives for more affordable medications right and that gives the physician the opportunity to assess and see hey is one of these alternatives clinically equivalent like Dr. Possible was describing and determine if those alternatives um, are, are a good fit for that situation, for that specific patient's diagnosis and the situation they're in.
0: Okay. Yusuf, I want to stay with you here. So once the coverage and price are known, there still might be some steps to get someone on the therapy through communication and collaboration. So Looking at it through that lens, what type of information around the benefit plan for that patient drives toward a streamlined process of prescribing?
3: Yeah, that, that's also right, Daniel. Uh, pricing is just one piece of the puzzle, right? Um, there are many times when other elements of the coverage impact the ability of the patient to get access to that medication in a timely fashion. Um, some of the administrative burden that uh, Dr. Apostle uh, was describing, you know, we So as part of the real-time prescription benefit solution, we also send information around uh, things like step therapy requirements that might be in place or quantity limits that are in place. But the most importantly of these is whether the requested prescription requires a prior authorization or not, right? So many times we've seen a patient is surprised at the pharmacy counter um, with the pharmacist letting them know that a prior authorization is required. It might take a day or two or even up to a week to process. Um, And and we know through studies and a lot of data that that leads to a patient sometimes abandoning their prescription so by bringing that information, whether a prioritization is required or not. um, To the physician at the time of prescribing it gives them the opportunity to determine if one of the alternatives that perhaps does not require prioritization again is if that's an appropriate alternative clinically speaking uh, for that patient. And if it is, they can they can make a change to their prescription to that alternative. This would obviously this would cut down on the time to therapy for the patient, which is great. The patient experience goes up, their relationship with the provider is, is enhanced there. Um, but even if you look at it from an administrative burden on the clinic or the health system, uh, that's lowered if you can avoid prioritization.
0: Okay, thank you. Um, Dr. Apostle, I want to turn back to you because you've lived this. So what does a straightforward process look like when you streamline that thing? What does it look like when you're working uh, with the patient? And uh, give us an example, case study, anything you want to share with us?
1: Sure. You know, it's, it's exactly that. It's straightforward. So I don't change any of my behavior. My behavior is the same. And so when I go to prescribe a medication, when I type it in, it automatically populates with the information as Yusuf has said. It will let me know, is the prior authorization necessary? What tier is it going to be and what that cost is? Are there alternatives that are already on the formulary? So I don't have to guess the formulary that's there. Um, It lets me know right there, if I do a 30-day or a 90-day prescription, how is that going to affect the cost of the medication? And so as I'm prescribing it, I can already start thinking in my mind, well, that seems affordable. And if I know the patient well enough and I know it's not potentially affordable, then I can also ask them or I can share with them, hey, here's what your insurance company says it's going to cost you. Is that okay? If not, then we have to also engage in then further discussion. And you know, I had that recently with a patient who um, was one of those initially who just wasn't taking the medications on a regular basis, trying to stretch a 90 day prescription out. And through our conversation of, you're missing your pills three days a week and your diabetes is really poor, um, I, can, I opened up that opportunity to discuss that it was the cost that was going on. And then I had the chance to explain to her, I realized the cost is significant, but I really don't have another option because, and I could list her the other reasons why But we had this engagement of a conversation of, but if your diabetes could be controlled also by the diet, that's the part that you can take control of or the exercise. Can you afford this medication for this period of time? And let's reassess. it. And if you continue to lose weight, you continue to work with your diet, continue to exercise, then maybe we can remove that pill burden from you. But at least right now we need to get you under better control until that happens. And in, this medication that I was talking would also assist with the weight loss. And so we could have that conversation and we could almost, let's make a deal with this. But I had the information to be able to have that discussion and without the information, it all would have been mythical. Um, the prior authorization is, a, is another um, big thing that we deal with. And usually from the, 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 from the physician standpoint, the patient becomes angry with the physician, or at least in my past experience, the patient's angry at me if the prior authorization happens. But in before the real-time data that Yusuf was explaining, I didn't even know that the PA was going to be needed. That was all just something that happened after the fact. So instead of the patient getting mad at the insurance company for the PA or for the pharmacy for the PA, I was the victim. So now the difference is, is when I talk to a patient, if I know that medication is needed and it's going to require prior authorization, then I can engage it with that discussion and tell the patient, hey, you know, Mr. Smith, I know that this medication is going to require a prior authorization. So my nurse is going to definitely be working on that. And don't rush to the pharmacy. Let's get that prior authorization done so you can pick up your medication. Now the patient realizes that I care, that I know, and then I'm giving them a care plan that we're working on it. It also allows me to provide the information in my note and in my assessment and plan on why my rationale for that medication is needed. So as my, my nurse is doing the prior, prior authorization, she's not guessing as to, well, well, why is he using this? And why didn't he pick a different alternative? And what were the things that had already failed? And she doesn't have to start searching for all of that stuff. So all that information is there quickly so she can get her job done faster. So the patient can get his medication It just speeds up the process. Um, In the old days, uh, prior to this real-time information, I would get a PA maybe the day later, and then between the nurse giving back and forth to me and her, we were kind of playing tag with forms, trying to get that form filled out and get all that information done. And now usually, she already has all that information and the prior authorization can be done. If it's rejected, then she can come back to me and say, oh, we need some more information but it's moved so much smoother. And so it allows the patient to realize that I care, that I understand, and we can come up with the care plan together and include that financial piece in there. Okay, thank you for that. Um, Don, I wanna follow up with you. So what are,
0: pay, uh, what are physicians looking for when using technology? I mean, is it time savings, financial savings, is it something else? What, what's, the, what's the information there?
2: Well, it's certainly all of those things um, mm-hmm. when you're mentioning that. Um, but uh, physicians are specifically looking for technology to be an enabler. It, it, it has to be simple and easy to use um, and provide the, the continuity of information required in order to manage very complex patients as well as simple patients. And certainly medication plays a big role in that when you look at the interventions chosen for um different uh, states of wellness. So technology, uh, physicians expect it to be intuitive, um, to use and provide clinical decision support in that process as well.
0: Okay, Thank you for that. So um, when we're talking about adoption of new technology then, um, I know this from my own experience. I'm always like, oh my gosh, it's a new platform. I've got to learn. But with these tools, um, is this easy to use? I mean, I know that's uh, subjective, but from your experience working with physicians, working with other people who use these tools, um, what is the ease of use? What kind of uh, training is required or anything else to get up to speed and then be able to utilize this? It's very easy to
2: use. The information is presented, at, you know, as I've mentioned previously, at the point of, point of prescribing. Um, And having that information uh, that is patient-specific, accurate at the point of prescribing because of the connections, not only with the uh, uh, benefit managers, but with the pharmacies, it also builds that trust um, with the physician-patient relationship because the information that's being provided is the experience the patient will have at the pharmacy counter. Um, So having the ease of use, uh, the interaction with Uh, Athena EHR, um, we have found to be very positive in in the prescribing workflow and making sure that uh, providers can see the relevant information for prescriptions um, in that accurate patient cost and that savings opportunity. Not only do you need to make it easy for me to understand, for a patient to understand what the cost is, but also the difference in the cost between between the alternatives is incredibly important. Um, it 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 also has that same benefit to the provider in reducing those callbacks from the pharmacy because that e um, electronic prior authorization is known in advance, um, and, and the callback from pharmacies is greatly reduced.
0: Okay, thanks for that. Um, I want to begin to look at some of the technology solutions that enable cost conversations. Yusuf, I want to begin with you. So. What information does the real-time prescription benefit solution, um, what does it show during the fulfillment process? What can you tell us about that?
3: Yeah, great question, Daniel. So, you know, I think we've talked about some of this here, but, you know, uh, we're bringing in the, the cost of the medication or the prescription, right, for that particular medication at that pharmacy of choice for that patient. Uh, alongside with that, we're bringing in options for you know, extended day supplies, because sometimes you, instead of getting a 30 day supply, if you're getting a 90 day supply at that same pharmacy, there's some affordability uh, gains there. And we bring in a, a mail order pharmacy that uh, uh, is sent back from the pair. And that also then has further affordability gains. Along with that, we're bringing in the medication alternatives like we talked about, so there might be um, anywhere from one to five alternatives that the pair thinks uh, might be alternatives that are cheaper uh, than the medication that has been requested. Again, allowing for the physician to make a determination if any of those options are clinically equivalent or appropriate for that situation. And along with that, uh, we're also bringing in information that can help with the uh, the process afterwards, right? Whether the requested medication requires a prior auth or not. And um, again, the physician can make that decision uh, whether one of the alternatives is appropriate to switch to or not, or if they want to stick with that medication, even though it requires a prior auth, but now like Dr. Possible was describing, they have that information. They can inform the uh, patient of that. Um, They can get their staff started on that. A lot of times you don't know as a physician why that prior authorization is required. So that information comes in, you know, there's there'll be a what we call an alert that informs prioritization is required because of this reason. And that then helps um, submit the uh, request for the prior auth uh, as well.
0: Okay, thanks for that. Now, one of the big issues related to technology is, uh, can we trust the data? Can we trust the information here and the platforms that hold this data. So Donna, I want to turn to you. What are some of the setbacks that physicians might be seeing while sharing data with patients and, and really getting to the heart of that? Is there a trust issue with data provided through these EHRs?
2: It's, it, that's a great question. Um, from a from a trust issue perspective, the information that a, is presented to a provider has to be accurate. Um, as soon as a patient discovers that they have a a different finding from from what a provider has shared with them, you do break that trust. And what EHRs uh, specifically will help with is providing that information directly at the point of care, at the point of prescribing that medication, and it is patient-centric. So it is relevant directly to that patient, not to a whole group of patients, but that one patient, so that that conversation between the provider um, is relevant to that patient. it's accurate to the insurance uh, copay amount that may be provided with it for that particular medication in addition to what is that cash cost out of pocket uh, for a patient. Having that information in in the discussion of making a decision around medications is incredibly important for that trust relationship between a provider and a patient.
0: Okay. So, Value-based care is is top of mind, and that is being implemented at practices around the country. So, Donna, um, how does the drug adherence issue impact value-based care?
2: Oh, in so many different ways. <laughs> value-based <laughs> care is, is incredibly important in our healthcare ecosystem, um, and certainly when you look at the total cost of care, medications is is a huge contributor to that total cost of care, and it and medication adherence. Um, will impact whether or not certain patients actually have to go to acute care or to the hospital. Um, And so if they don't have that adherence to a medication, and it potentially could have been avoided um, because we uh, didn't recognize that cost of care and they actually weren't taking their medications. Using these tools that technology provides gives that um, provider the opportunity to give a patient the very best chance of adhering to a medication. When they show up at a pharmacy, they're not surprised by the cost. They know that cost in advance. They're not waiting because the medication isn't ready because there's a prior authorization and they walk away and abandon that. When they don't fill their medications and obviously they're being prescribed because they're critical to their treatment, many of those patients can end up in uh, more urgent situations like a hospital, like an ER, Um, which certainly drives up the cost, total cost of care.
0: Okay. Thanks for that. Um, Yusuf, I want to turn back to you for one more aspect of this. So I know we've touched on this already about streamlining the process, but what advancements are being seen in the industry on streamlining the process right now?
1: Yeah.
3: You know, we were talking a lot about uh, the information being relevant and, 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 you know, considering how much information a physician has to intake and process and the cognitive overload of that. Dr. Possible is talking about that a little bit. So I think one of the reasons why this real-time prescription benefit service is adopted so well is because, you know, we really try to curate and the information that's going in uh, into the EHR for the doctor to consume and trying to find that balance between not sending enough information. So then the doctor may not feel as confident starting a converse, cost conversation because they don't have all the information. A patient might ask questions and they don't have all the information or inundating the physician with so much information that it's overwhelming, right? And it's it's not all relevant and uh, in all the situations. So I think part of the reason uh, of our success and, and what we continue to optimize is that curation of what, what amount of information is coming in and, and the trust that Donna was talking about, right? So we are making direct connections with the payers um, and the payer is the one, the insurance plan for the patients taking account where the patient is with their deductible, where they are with their out-of-pocket maximum. These are all things that we don't wanna have to burden the physician to think about or, or research going to the plan's website or anything like Dr. Possible was talking about. So all that is taken into account and it's brought into the EHR with, you know, in almost instantaneously, it's under two seconds. So that confidence and that trust in that data is what gives the physician the confidence to have the conversations with uh, a patient, uh, with the confidence that this is exactly the price the patient would see when they're at the pharmacy. This is not an estimate, this is not some guess, um, because we have heard physicians, if they have to tell a patient how much it's gonna cost, they wanna be darn sure that's what it's gonna cost. the other thing is you know, we're, we're making enhancements around, um, at the onset of this service, we were looking at patients with insurance. We're also uh, looking at you know, how do we bring pricing in for patients that are not insured, right? So SureScript is looking at, can we bring in pricing, uh, drug discount pricing for patients that may not be insured? Um, and in addition, as we're expanding to more and more physicians, we have about 560,000 physicians using this service at the last count on our network. That's not all, there's a little over a million physicians in the country. Uh, We're rolling out the service at the pharmacy as well. So we're talking about how patients might show up at the pharmacy still uh, and still have that shock, uh, bringing this information to pharmacies. So those are some of the innovations
0: that are happening uh, with around the service in the industry. Thanks, Yusuf. For our final topic area, wanna dig into some industry use cases, look at some prescription drug shopping. Dr. Apostle, I wanna come back to you for this. Um, As we know, consumerism is shaping many corners of healthcare with providers and technology companies working to serve a population. Let's face it, they want it more convenient, more connected, more cost-effective care. Um, So talk to us about that. When you're looking at those topics, when you're thinking about that, where do you see some of the biggest challenges? Where do you see the solutions here or moving towards solutions in uh, dealing with, I mean, in one case, um, patients kind of deciding their own alternative medications and all of that. I mean, I, I know you're, you're, it's primary to you to have those conversations, not only the uh, cost conversations, but what's right for the patient as well. So help us understand that a little bit
1: better. Well, that's a that's a broad topic, and a, it is one <laughs> as you know. Patients have time and to to sit research, and and they think they're doing research, not always doing research research that's appropriate for what they've got or their problem. Um, they're also in, inundated by advertising, and it makes the drug sound like that's the perfect fit for them, but they don't understand the consequences of some of those medications. And then, of course, family members. Or friends that are on a drug that will work for me. But I mean, we're all different. So um, just because it worked for them doesn't mean it's going to work for you. And so um, I think one of the struggles is is um, being able to present them the medical information. You know, what is the best thing for you? And then also sometimes they don't realize the cost of the medication, both financially and even health wise interactions, drug interactions and stuff like that. So um, one of the jobs I think when patients bring me list of medications is I think I need this. First, I have to have that barrier of a discussion of why it might not be medically appropriate. But if it's medically appropriate, then let's make it a reasonable part of discussion about what does that care plan look like? And so by having that information, I can say, well, you know, that medication, A, it won't be covered by your insurance company because it's going to require prior authorization, which is going to require these things to be tried first, which you haven't gone through that process. Or it is covered and your out-of-pocket expense for this is this. And maybe it is financially unfeasible for them to do. And so um, without that information, it just became an argument. But now I can actually be educated, not just on the medical side, which hopefully I already am, but then also on the financial side of what's that financial impact. And um, you know, that's been the beauty about having this. Um, another thing that's just been beautiful, and I, I know Donna touched on it earlier, is how at least our EHR vendor, which is Athena, has made it just into the usual process. So it's not like I'm leaving the patient encounter in order to all of a sudden try and have this discussion. It's, it's actively, as I'm engaging with their chart, their problems, um, their medications, their assessment and plan or whatever, It's just right there in the natural flow of the way I do my work. And I don't have to try and stop what I'm doing turn, have that argument or discussion, however you wanna view it, and then come back to the chart. It's all engaged as it's still taking care of the patient. I don't anticipate um, that to be changing though. I mean, I think the more and more patients are becoming more and more savvy. So I think those physicians that aren't ready to jump on board and try and figure out how they can navigate this discussion into their conversation are just going to keep beating their head against the wall um, until they're willing to just realize that this is going to become a part of our life where patients are going to bring us that information and we need the tools to be ready to have that educated discussion with the patient.
0: Mm -hmm. Donna, I want to turn to you. So how do, how do we utilize the technology and tools at hand to sort of keep the decision-making out of uh, Google search where everybody's a Google MD and <laughs> where we can get it into the medication decision-making process, keep that in the exam room between patients and the prescriber.
2: You have to know that it, that it works um, and, and you have to make it simple and, and easy for the uh, provider to use. As Dr. Apostle said, it's got to be native in the workflow. And so that conversation can be part of the total experience a patient has with their provider. And we know it works. We know it works because when we look back over just this year in 10 months worth of data, we can see on average that uh, patients have a cost savings of over $30 per prescription. And that cost savings happens because there was a decision-making point in that conversation between the provider and the patient and they switched from the original medication being prescribed to a medication that was clinically relevant, but was a lower cost for the patient. That's beautiful. Um, And that actually translates at at Athena Health to um, several millions of dollars of savings in a single year um, in the total cost of medications uh, for uh, patients um, being provided uh, medication therapy services.
0: Okay, thanks for that. Uh if I want to follow up with you on that. So how does the availability of member-specific drug cost information in the EHR, how does it help make medicines more accessible, make them more affordable for consumers?
3: Yeah, great question, Daniel. And, you know, I'll just piggyback on what Donna was talking about. I mean, we we know we're making a significant impact, right? And that's what gets me excited personally in the morning to get up and go to my job we're making a significant impact in the industry. We're looking at the same data, similar data that Donna was describing across the whole Scripts network and all the physicians using this. Um, and in 2021 uh, through September, we can see that we helped physicians save their patients uh, an aggregate of $21 million, right? So that, that's a tremendous number. We've also helped physicians uh, avoid, you know, 12,000 plus prior authorizations, right? And I will also say, while those are great numbers and something to be really excited and proud of and feel good about, that still accounts for only about 2% or so of all the potential patient savings that could be had um, across the transactions that we saw across our network. So there's still a lot of work, much left for us collectively as a healthcare uh, uh, system. To do to maximize that value capture right so everything that we're talking about on this call here today things like Donna describing how you got to keep it simple and easy for the physicians to use in the in. Dina's uh, ui and and the way, the way they've implemented it uh, you make sure the information is just the right amount it's not too much it's not too little uh, it's accurate and you get it as often as possible right because physicians don't want to use it if it only comes in two times out of 10 times it's got to be nine or 10 times out of 10 times so. I think there's a lot of room, there's a lot of exciting stuff uh, happening where we're actually bringing down the cost of healthcare in this country and saving patients a lot of money while doing so. Uh, but there's a lot of opportunities still left,
0: which is exciting. Okay. Donna, we were hearing uh, Yusuf talk about some great solutions here. So, you know, at the end of the day, the patient is really at the center of this conversation here. So how is this impacting the patient experience?
2: That's a experience absolutely is at the center. And the fact that um, this utilizing technology and the expertise of providers and bring, and bringing the information together and delivering to a patient that accurate cost um, and being able to, to lower the total cost, um, making sure that the medication is clinically equivalent to what the prescriber may have originally prescribed. Um, it is incredibly important and in that patient develops that trust relationship with the provider because when they come to the pharmacy, the accurate, the information is accurate. They know in advance what that cost is going to be and that, that trust relationship in that public space of a pharmacy counter um, it is very important to, to a patient and their uh, willingness to pick up that medication and walk out of that pharmacy with that medication.
0: Okay. I want to stay with you for this uh, question, Donna. So uh, another recent study shows that medication noncompliance causes two-thirds of medication-related hospital admissions in the US. So Donna, <laughs> what can EHRs do to give more prescribers access to real-time cost and therapeutic information? I mean, quite frankly, to help them save their patients' money, time, and frustration at the pharmacy? <laughs>
2: So having, having implemented real-time benefit um, it costs for, for pharmaceuticals is incredibly important. That's what EHRs can do um, to help with uh, controlling that cost of care, um, which certainly translates to med adherence. If that patient isn't able to take that medication, oftentimes it's a cost barrier. Um, and when that cost barrier exists, you're going to see an increase in cost of care. And what it means to the patient is they're going to end up in an emergency room. They're going to end up in an acute care facility or a hospital. That cost is going to be significantly higher. And in that journey, that patient's level of wellness um, absolutely deteriorates. And so having the information around the cost of a medication, the availability of that medication at the time of need is, is what uh, EHRs, especially at, at Athena Health, we're providing to providers to be able to share with their patients. So the patients do take their meds. Those meds are available to them and it's a realistic expectation uh, for that patient to adhere to a medication.
0: Okay. Well, thanks so much for sharing that information with us. And I think that's a great place to end this particular conversation today. And I want to thank you, Donna, Dr. Apostle, Yusuf, for an enlightening conversation and something that I hope uh, will help our um, you know, listeners here at MGMA to uh, It's a real call to action for them. So thank you so much for that. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of MGMA's Business Solutions Podcast, a panel discussion on how physicians are having cost conversations with patients for supporting medication therapy adherence. Again, our panelists were Dr. Christopher Apostle, Donna Maddox, and Yusuf Ahmed. And also thanks to MGMA's Financial Conference and to HSG for sponsoring this week's show. If you're struggling with your practice management dashboards, or lacking a reporting structure that will keep your data consistent and valuable for decision-making, HSG has the answers you need. Go to hsgadvisors.com to improve your practice's performance today. In the Medical Practice Excellence Financial Conference is an industry-leading financial management conference designed to arm healthcare professionals with the education and tools needed to run a more profitable and efficient practice the financial conference will be held march 31st through april 2nd in atlanta and you can go to mgma.com slash events to register today if you like the show please rate and review it wherever you get your podcast and if you want to add to the conversation or suggest experts for us to interview email us at podcast at mgma.com or you can find me on Twitter at MGMA Daniel. Stay safe and thanks for listening. Hi, this is Declan McGee, one of the producers for the MGMA Insights podcast. If you like the work we're doing, please consider becoming an MGMA member. Learn more at MGMA.com slash membership. Thanks. The popular buzzword we've been seeing everywhere is AI. But what we all want to know is how we can implement and use it to our advantage. When it comes to improving margins, accelerating cash flow, and optimizing staff performance, there's a one-stop shop using cloud-based predictive analytics. MGMA Analytics is your AI-enabled tool that upscales technology you've already been paying for, so you can silo your disparate systems and make data-backed business decisions visit mgma.com/analytics and see how ai can revolutionize your finances and operations again visit mgma.com/analytics today